Food and Beverage Magazine Live, bringing food and beverage to life with your hosts, James Beard Award winner Jennifer English and Food and Beverage Magazine publisher Michael Politz. Featuring leaders in the hospitality, branded food and beverage, and CPG industries, many of whom are Jennifer and Michael's friends in the business. For an informal and informative conversation where friends in the business share the latest intel, ideas, and best practices. Live, juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farms, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage magazine world. Here are your hosts, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Politz has written a must-read, The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books a Million, or wherever fine books are sold. Well, I love that we're live. And I love that I can welcome everybody to the inaugural broadcast. This is really exciting because we've been talking about this, Michael, a very long time. Yes, we have. I'm, we're working out our cakes different from cakeies right now on our live broadcast. Honestly, cakeies wouldn't even be this much fun. No? Let's, uh, let's go live. Here we go. So this is Jenna Brainless. Hi, everybody. Say hello to Jennifer English. Hi. Spices. She's Mrs. Spices today. And she actually has a James Beard Award. She's James Why do we leave that up? I, I love how that sort of covers up a multitude of sins. Just cover your face with James Beard? Yeah, there you go. Just leave it like <laughs> We should do one of those Conan O'Brien things where you make the mouth, where we, where we substitute my mouth for his in the metal. Oh, my. Can you imagine? All right, let's go back to Jen. Let me read the tagline, Jennifer, because I feel like I left that. I well, let like me I, know, but I have to say, Michael, this is the pilot. This is the pilot broadcast of F&B Live. This is the pilot. I feel, like I, I feel like I need to read this first. Okay. To get it oh, Michael. This is executive chef Josh Green, Food and Beverage Magazine. Jeff. There you go, chef. You look great. Fantastic. Let's go back to here. You might hear my three-year-olds in the background having a great time because, of course, we're all quarantined. Um, all right, I'm going to read this, Jen, and then I'm going to let you take over while I learn the technology. But <laughs> Jennifer just just wrapped this right out of her head. I felt like I was it was like uh, Yo MTV raps. Well, we haven't been for two years. Yes, this is food and beverage brought to life. Live, juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers. Drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farmers, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage world. All right. That was uh, very Robin Leach of you, Jennifer, I want to say. We have there's a lot of work we've done together over the years with the uh, very much Miss Robin Leach. In very, fact, very. talking for Robin, I wouldn't even know you. Well, I, that's true. We were we were judging that competition together with Susan from, yep. uh, our, you know, uh, what, what time were uh, Robin and uh, Laura Baddish brought us together. Wow, that's crazy. That's true. I forgot Laura Baddish was involved with it. That was a long time ago. A million years ago. Just 20. And look at, and look at how far you've come. Well, you know, it's funny. My new book's coming out. Obviously, I don't know if everyone knows about that. The Guide to Restaurant Success. And I don't want to ruin it. And spoiler alert, <laughs> but the last line in the book is, as Robin Leach, my mentor, said, champagne wishes and caviar dreams. I love that. And there it is, by the way, Jennifer. You're able to go on barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com right now and pre-order the book coming out July 1st. Josh, I want you to look at the book. I see you're looking away. <laughs> Very exciting. Very exciting. Hey, listen, I, you know, I love that we get together to do these live F&B sessions. You know, somebody might say there are the F and Bull sessions, but I love this. This is really going to be a lot of fun. Our friends will join us and every day we'll be on topic. And one of the things we'll get to do here is we'll do an on topic show and tell. So imagine if we were doing show and tell on the topic today and for the upcoming issue of F&B Magazine, there's an article coming out with a cover story about a remarkable product. And we're actually going to talk a little bit about that today because I've been uh, visiting with, interviewing and meeting with the founder of a company 
that is on topic. And the topic relates to a hat that you're wearing and a topic that we were talking about as we got on the air today. And that is ownership, brand ownership in the spirits industry. And you might wonder, well, didn't that all sort of come to a culmination when George Clooney sold his interest in Casamigos tequila? And somebody else might say, well, no, that that kind of happened with the Grey Goose and and um, Ciroc vodka moments. No. Or what about when some of our favorite brands became acquired, like Delmigate tequila? Guy like Ron Cooper was working at it tirelessly, but he might not be as same level big name as George Clooney to everybody that loves Mescal he is. But let's talk about the fact that it is still ripe territory. There are more and more people getting into the ownership of, of brand products in the spirits industry. You're seeing it all the time. You're seeing it at the Proof Awards. You're even wearing a hat. So you are actually on point on the topic for show and tell today. What's your hat say? Well, you know, it's very rare that I'm ever on point for the topic, but thank <laughs> you. Usually it's my writers and editors. <laughs> um, uh, this has a Dos Ombres. You see this Dos Ombres yeah. hat? Yeah. And I was given to this Brian Cranston and uh, is it Aaron Paul? Both of the guys from Break Me Bad, they're new tequila. And it's absolutely it's delicious. And they're doing fun, fun, fun types of uh, advertising. Very influential, yeah. right? Very, uh, yeah, they're just, it's the two of them, you know, holding a bottle and going, <laughs> you know, laughing and having a great time. And, and that's the message. It's, you know, it's in, it's in the medium, right? It's out there. They're not really saying much. It's just them having a great time. And of course, using their celebrity, they're getting distributed and all that kind of stuff, which is, you know, one of the hardest things that anybody can do in the industry, right? Is that distribution, which is something that we, you and I have always talked about. It's why we started the proof award with the proof awards yeah. to be able to rank smaller brands into distribution, right? Um, one of the brands, one of my friends owns, and you guys have heard of Third Eye Blind, and that's this brand, right? See that? You see there's a two break. It's called Summer Gods. And uh, Steve and Jake. Remind everybody about Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind. Um, Josh, come a few bars. What? Sandy Charm Todd Live. I want something. Right? So Steven created this brand because he wanted a great tequila Blanco, just a Blanco, to drink with his friends while they were surfing it out on the beach and doing their stuff. And he's really pushed this in a non-traditional, non-celebrity way. You know, occasionally they'll throw it, hey, I'm doing a cocktail. Like now during quarantine, everyone's doing stuff. Um, but it's pretty cool. Maybe I can, let me see if I can put in the comments where to get this. Because <laughs> he literally sourced this out of Mexico. Started off while it was on tour, then goes down to Mexico, then goes into Aliska, then he finds the right products, and then he doesn't like it, and they find more, and, they, and it goes over and over. So it's really, it's delicious. Delicious. It's got hints of vanilla. It's absolutely delicious. Josh, have you got a girl? No, I would try there. And I'm not getting paid for this. How about that? I've tried to get paid. We can get a ton of feedback. We've got to work on that. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Thank you, Josh. All right. So, so back to Jenny. Let's go, Brian. Let me go a little, Brian, the palm ones. Ooh, I like that. Ooh. All right. So um, one of the things that I wanted to add to this conversation is is uh, this idea of when we're on topic, when we're on point, uh, that we're all going to bring something for show and tell. And I brought my show and tell today. And this is the packaging for as I as I learn how to do this the right way. There we go. Can you see? Wow. Yes. So this is the One Rock Vodka Company or Vodka Club, if you want to call it that. And this is the fantastic packaging that it comes in. And the bottle itself, let me get it out here. Oh, wow. Look at that. Now, what's cool about this is, it. well, there's a dozen cool things about this. Um, and we're going to do a little uh, live tasting. 
But one of the really cool things about One Rock Vodka is it's a it's a it's a completely different business model of developing a spirits brand that is organically growing out of this uh, movement. It's the only word that comes to mind for it. Um, Jennifer, remember what I told you about it? I mean, I was I was dumbfounded at the um, business accolade of the way he's doing this. Right. Right. How about that? Well, and so what the whole thing is, is this is the future of spirits brands and One Rock Vodka is uh, really revolutionizing the industry through its model that takes this idea of um, crowdfunding and this idea of ownership of uh, spirits brands. I mean, because clearly if you're in early on something and you're an investor, then your chances of having a really big upside are tremendous. If you get into something mature as an investment, the chances of you, you know, doubling or tripling your money are kind of limited. You want to get in on things like Google and Facebook and Apple on the early days so that when you put down $100, it becomes $100,000 or $10,000, right? You want to make a lot of money with these kinds of things. And so when we read about George Clooney cashing out with Casamigos and, you know, numbers from upwards of $200 million were thrown around, you think, how can this be? It wasn't even a product a couple of years ago. You look at, uh, you know, certain uh, cosmetics entrepreneurs being now worth a billion dollars. How can these new brands be worth this ex- astronomical amount of money? Well, because they are worth that kind of money, the, the notion of ownership becomes much more important. That's why if you're a cook or a chef, Josh, you can speak to this. If you're a cook or a chef, you want this to be part of your story too. So you want to have your own plate, your own restaurant, your own food truck, your own brand, because that's where the hard work you put in will translate into real upside financial benefit, as well as the pleasure and joy of living your passion and your mission to cook for people, to make hospitality, to cultivate conviviality for all those reasons. At the end of the day, if you're killing yourself working hard and you're doing owner's hours in whatever you do, you want to be an owner because the owners are the ones that make the money. It's that simple. It's always been the case. It probably always will be the case. And so for companies like this, One Rock takes that idea and very simply says, this isn't just a brand. It's a club that you can invest in. And every time you invest, you are becoming a part of this company, its story, its investment, and its upside potential. And so, it's, Jennifer, it's really as simple as that. But it's not an investment like you could go, for example, we were talking about this. It's not going to the stock exchange and buying a Diageo stock, right? Well, this cool. is, and if somebody gave me 100 shares of Diageo stock for my birthday, I'd be grateful to them. But that would be really almost no different than giving me a savings bond or a check or a $100 bill, right? What I'm talking about and what has been created that fascinates me about One Rock is that you're buying shares in a relatively new young company and they've taken the risk out of it. So if I were to invest in, say, Silicon Valley, where maybe one out of a hundred new technology ventures will come to fruition or get bought out. Or if I'm part of the restaurant world where out of 100 restaurants, one might make it to their second year anniversary. This has already anticipated the downside and removed the risk through several different aspects of the way they build their business so that there's almost all upside, which is really extraordinary to me because the product is so good. The product is extraordinary. And it's produced because it's an American vodka, it's made with American grain, and not just any American grain. Josh, tell me, have you ever tried a vodka made with corn before? No. And as a food guy, an American food guy, I'm sure you love and work with corn all the time. Yeah, corn's one of my favorites. So so this is a, a special branching off idea, but it's an all-American because we didn't have a super premium American vodka until now. And nobody's had the opportunity to invest in a brand this way before. 
Because when you talk about something like Diageo, it's been around a long time. What's the likelihood that the upside, it might be something you hold for a long time, but your money's not going to, you know, double and grow and make you, you know, wealthy the way ownership is, the way the George Clooney experience or the aviation gin or the, the third eye blind example you just gave us. This is the chance to let anybody get in on this because of what happens next after you invest. The mechanism that is the real distinctive genius behind Garrett Green's company here at One Rock Club is that you then go to your favorite restaurants and liquor stores and say, hey, bring this in for me. And you make it really easy for them to bring the product in so that you can take your friends out to dinner and say, hey, I want you to try my vodka. Jennifer, it's brilliant because I'll tell you what he's done, right? And I've gone, I've spent hours with this guy and on the phone. At, he's at a first, fascinating cat, by the way. Very fascinating. Incredible, right? He, his concept, he actually has a, a form once you buy in which is inexpensive. It's like a hundred dollars or less. Right. And you own however many shares. Right. But he, he, he brings everyone together and says, I want you, I don't have a bottle here. So show the bottle, Jennifer, again, if you can, I want you to carry my vodka, one rock vodka. And I have this many clients or customers available to come in and buy it. So you carry it. They're going to come in and buy it. It's a while. What, what's that Josh? I said it all of it You know, it's right, like they own part of it. They're, they're going to drink. They're going to get high on their end supply, right? They're going to be like, if I have to drink a vodka, I'm not going to drink Smirnoff. I'm going to go one that I have an investment in, right? And why aren't you carrying it in my local liquor store? There's 40 people here that will come in and buy it. They'll probably buy you out every time you bring it in. And it's so, not and, and it's not just saying, taste it and drink it because it's mine. And we have a relationship. You're proud to do this, not because you're an owner. You're proud to do it because you're an owner and because it's so delicious. And you may think, well, how can it be that delicious? I mean, it's a colorless, odorless, it's a clear spirit. It's supposed to have no color. It's supposed to have no odor. But really great vodka, especially food-friendly vodkas. And I consider this an exceptionally food-friendly vodka. It will just be the perfect accompaniment, served ice chilled, brilliant in a martini. Yes, you can even make Cosmos with it, which people need to rediscover. But the best thing about it is it's just utterly high quality, super premium. And in all the ways that you can tell the difference between something for which, you know, you pay what you pay and you get what you get because you get what you pay for. This is one of those times where you can really taste the quality and it's not as expensive as you are even going to think. And, and we'll even talk about that in just a bit. Everything about this is so smart, so thoughtful. But as the foodie in me, it was really suspicious until I tried it. And it knocked me out delicious. It really was great. Which flavor did you try, Jen? I have the classic, original, small batch, super pretty American vodka. There's a, there's, I think it's Logan Berry. There's a, there's a berry flavor that he didn't, I don't know if he sent you that, but it is mind boggling. Mind boggling. All I know is, is the one that I've tried that I've introduced people to that I've studied. I've tried it in different iterations. Uh, and, and again, you know, as I've been involved in the cocktail world, as you know, since the first tales of the cocktails, I was on the, the first seminar panel for the first tales of the cocktail. And, um, and I've been paying attention to the world of small batch and craft and, and uh, micro distilled spirits and the companies and the brands that have that have really populated. I mean, God, 15 years ago, we didn't have anywhere near this number. And and now look at the landscape. No, it's it's uh, it's beautiful. Well, Jennifer, let's talk a little bit about, about food. Let, let's get into some food stuff, right? We did some spirits. I know you love spirits. But let me hear your thoughts on trends, the quarantine. We're going to try to, can we pull in some chefs next at our next episode? We don't even know when we're doing our next episode. It could be tomorrow. But I want to get chefs doing really remarkable things and things that we're not seeing on the news, right? Things that they're doing unselfish. Well, listen, I'm going to make a here and I'm going to go to Josh. So I have had so many people through my Facebook feed, through my Instagram, through my Twitter, through everything. And on Facebook, you can find me. I'm uh, Jennifer English. 
uh, on Facebook. So if you have any questions, if you, if you want to chat at all, come visit me there. But everybody's saying the same thing, like all this bad news, everything from what's going on in Nova Scotia to the COVID crisis to going into week five of quarantine, shelter in place. People are running out of food. They're running out of patience. They're running out of ideas. There are more and more broadcast podcasts and experiences like this out there. And yet we're all still hungry for that thing that we're trying to replicate by going out, that conviviality. And so more people today on topic were saying things like, I just need to do some day drinking and, and, and be together with people. And so I wanted to reach out to Josh and ask him, as a, as a food person, as a, as a corporate executive chef, when we talk about things like this ice-cold food-friendly vodka, what are the kinds of like appetizers and Zakuski and that little Russian vodka tradition? I think of like Anthony Bourdain going on his trips to Russia and having those like giant spreads of food comprised of little salty bites. What would you suggest would be some of those fantastic bites to go with the discovery of an ice cold uh, food friendly vodka like the One Rock? What would you serve? What do you what would what would get us through this afternoon of seemingly bad news from everywhere? I would do something with like cucumber, especially because it's getting the summer, like cucumber, watermelon, maybe like a ahi tuna, um, something in that, you know, realm, maybe seared ahi tuna with like a cucumber, watermelon, jalapeno salsa, uh, with like maybe take the vodka, reduce it with some garlic, some onions, and get that flavor in there as well, especially the one that Michael was talking about with um, black cherry or having a flavor. We produce vodka and take out that flavor, but still have that flavor of the vodka, and then make uh, a dressing or a sauce out of that. Um, you know, now that the summer's coming, you want, uh, you know, cooler, uh, more uh, comforting, but um, refreshing uh, items. Chef, do you ever make bellinis? Bellinis? Yep. No, not the drink, the little pancake. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have. I actually worked for uh, Daniel Ballou, um when we opened up the win, and uh, I was actually the Bellini maker. So tell everybody, because I think of all the traditions, one of the most versatile traditions in the world is the Bellini tradition that might traditionally be served with things like smoked salmon or caviar. But for those of us who've been locked in quarantine and we're running out of food, one of the things we might have are some canned fishes, either smoked oysters in a tin, sardines, um, anchovies, tuna, any number of things might qualify for this. But somehow, if you did these little pancakes and put them in a little bit of butter and a little bit of fresh peppercorns, whatever the, 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 the protein is, can you imagine how great that would go with an ice cold vodka? Even if you are vegetarian or vegan and you just want, well, if you're vegan, you're not going to want a buttery bellini. I get that. But let's say vegetarian. It, imagine putting a gorgeous little um, round of cucumber on the bellini with a tiny dot of crema, like Mexican crema or sour cream and black peppercorns. All of a sudden, I'm in love with that bite to go with the vodka. Sounds good. So how do I make a bellini? How do you make it? Um, butter. Uh, I don't, I don't actually, I don't remember to be honest. <laughs> Josh, I'm, to put you on the spot. I'm sure there's flour in it, Josh. Yeah. No, I didn't Just, put you on the spot like that. I, right. I know you, you're probably thinking when I make them, I make them for 500, not for, for five or 10. <laughs> what if, what if we uh, had a pickled, a pickled onion, Josh, you know how to do that? Like a pickled onion you have. So if you, you know, obviously Jennifer, we can, if you're at home and like I have caviar right now, here you caviar, right? They said, of course it. You do. and, <laughs> and we just made pancake mix. Like we took pancake, you know, little batter, right? And made little mini pancakes. Just simple. If you have waffle batter, pancake batter, bisquick, anything like that, you can take that recipe and make them just small. And when I say small, uh, about the size of an old fashioned pocket watch. Or and some would say a silver dollar. Yeah, yes. a silver dollar. I haven't seen a silver dollar in a long time. Some of us less classy people would say silver dollar pancakes. Now, Josh, how would you then 
do like, let's say you have onions around. How would you quickly pickle that? If I want to, you know, almost restaurant quality, you know how they have the pickled onions and they yeah. may or may not have radishes, that sort of thing. Well, what you want to do is you want to vinegar, uh, uh, a little salt, um, and then I, like, I take beet, put it into that, and then make it like a red onion that has beet flavor. Um, pickle it like that and then um also you could like pickle fries and pickle different you know different vegetables and different things that um you know and pickling is also gonna you can enhance flavors uh and make them make the item that you are pickling very strong and it sits for you know anywhere from 48 to 72 hours one of the quick pickle recipes I use, Josh, is I use... Wait a minute, Jennifer. Did you think quick pickle? That was crazy. Cool. I'll quick pickle you. I'm just <laughs> checking. I want to make sure. I want to make sure we're on the same page. You said quick pickle, right? I've I never did. heard those two words together. Okay. No, tickle and pickle you don't hear in the same sentence out of my mouth. Huh? Right. <laughs> so literally one of the things you can do is you can take an equal quantity of white vinegar and white sugar Mix those together, take your thinly sliced onion, put it into that mixture. And while you're doing that, take a, a small frying pan and over a medium heat, take your whole spices, things that will give you lots of flavor, cumin, coriander, right? Peppercorns, any of the spices you might want to blend into giving this some really rich flavor, all spice, another thing you can use. You want to use some heat? Put in some, uh, a little bit of um, crushed red pepper. Uh, anyway, toast those in the pan. And then once you've toasted those till you begin to smell them, because this is one of those times where your senses will tell you when something is, is cooking, ready, and done. You know, you can hear it cooking. You can smell it getting ready. And, and you can see when it's cooking. And then you can really smell when it's done. Your, your nose will tell you that that is the full blossoming or blooming of the spice flavors of each of the spices that you're using in the mix. And so take that and then put that into the mixture of the uh, white vinegar, white sugar, and then whatever you're pickling, and it will really be ready. I love that mixture with an onion and with sliced cucumber. And it's literally, as soon as you're done stirring, it's ready. It absorbs, I don't understand the chemistry of it, but absorbs flavor so fast. Wow, Josh, is she all right on that? I saw you popped off for that. I thought you got offended. She does have a beard award. That's all I'm saying. Well, but not for cooking. Just for flapping my gums. Well, that's okay. Let me look up that one. You gotta, let's see what we got here. If anybody's asking any questions up on Facebook. But I got to look on my phone because I don't know how to use this technology. My friend, Stefan Adika, big rock star, by the way. And we'll get him on here. I got to get him the uh, the link. We'll get him on here one of our shows. Stefan used to play with Dee Dee Ramone. He cool. played for Alice Cooper. He, uh, he was in L.A. Guns. I mean, this guy uh, is the embodiment of a skinny Jewish rock star. Love telling that. And we'll get him on, we'll get him on one of our next one of our uh, future quarantine shows. And that's what these are, right, Jennifer? Let me see what we got here. We got, let's see. Oh, he says hello. Stephen says hello. I can say hello, Stephen. I hear you. I see you. He is, uh, he has cooking with coffee talk Tuesday. That's tomorrow. That's his thing. Oh, yeah. He brings all the rock stars on. Uh, everyone's just saying, nice. I, you know, no one's really asking any questions. And I would like people let him stream <laughs> in. What is every go-to cocktail for quarantine? My go-to cocktail is orange soda. What am I going to drink with 15 kids running around like maniacs? And I'm black coffee. How boring is that? Yep, black coffee and Sprite. Ooh, right. Ooh black coffee and Sprite. Hey, yep. I'll be right back. No, I'll no, not, together. not together. Matt Fremont. What's up? Oh, Lamato. Stefan. Lamato. I love that. Stefan, do you want me to send you a link to come on in? I mean, I have the link. Let me put it up. What's great about Clamato? Does he make micheladas? Micheladas. Let me let me uh we should have a column in Food and Beverage magazine just about the best micheladas in the country. The Bloody Mary has been so overplayed. Turn it around instead of making it with something else, make it with beer. 
make it in the style of the Southwest like we have here in Tucson, Arizona. I'm telling you, it's, it's ready to be discovered. It's ready for its close-up. And then look what I have. <laughs> and you know the best part? After Passover, they're half price. Yeah. Well, as we know, we can't get to the grocery store. My favorite thing to make with that, matzo pie. Oh, tell everybody. Matzo pie is uh, the most amazing. Matzo pie is in water. Then you crush them up a little bit. Then you take out the water. And then you add, put it into an egg wash. And you can either flavor the egg wash or you do a regular egg wash. And then you take it out of the eggs and make it like French toast. And then I add a little cinnamon. I'm, I, I add a little butter to the pan. But then I take a little jelly. You can make a fresh jelly, homemade jelly, whatever you want. Or you could just go to the store and get some smuckers. Throw it on top or some sour cream. Or, you know, um, some people put some flavored cream cheese on it. And it is delicious. All right, I have a question. Did you just have a Passover Seder meal, and did you do a kugel with or without raisins? I didn't do a kugel, but uh, I, I don't like raisins, so I'm going to say without raisins. But my mother loves kugel with raisins, so, we, you know, and there's also a hot kugel and a cold kugel as well. So I make a kugel without noodles for Pesach. That's what I want to know. Well, you could do it with potatoes, and you can also do it with matzah if you know how to do it. You know what I was trying to do over the Passover was make a make a matzah pancake. Ooh, with and how was it? Meal? Huh? With matzah meal? No, with matzah. So what I I was trying I I worked out this this little situation with eggs and matzah, and then. I rolled like I made it like crumbles and then laid it out as a uh, um, I put some almond flour in there. Nice. But if people are running through their pantries, Josh, and everybody in New York is saying they're out of flour, they're out of yeast, they can't even score a one pound bag. Yeah, there's no yeast. There's no yeast anywhere. Why is anywhere? Not nobody has yeast. No, it's true. In uh, Tucson, we've got community-supported baking. One of this year's James Beard Award nominees was Don Guerra from Barrio Bread, who was nominated last year as the as the James Beard Foundation's Best Baker nominee. And he's open every day from 9 to noon. And not only can you buy any one of the 30 different loaves that he might make, but you can also get some sourdough starter, and you can get the Sonoran white heritage wheat that he grows and has milled and you can use it for pasta making from pizza dough making he's got a couple different um uh kinds of grained um flour and they're sensational a lot of people have been doing that like making pasta together make pizza together you know doing things that are trying to uh bring the families together which is pretty cool what part of food brings you comfort, Josh? Um, definitely not eating it. I don't eat that much, but uh, <laughs> I I actually li- I like making food. I like cooking. You know, like being a chef and creating art. That's what I love to do, and I love to create that art on a plate. Um, I know there's going to be a lot of people that come out of this quarantine thinking that they're chefs. You know, um, but being a chef is it's very hard, especially in the restaurant business, because being in the restaurant business, you have, it's not only about cooking, it's about um, being able to handle the customer, being able to handle the uh, trials and tribulations of things run, things run out, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, up and go down, prior to go down, you have to handle it and you have to keep your, uh, keep what you're doing and your whole thing of, um, of creating masterpieces still keep it going i love the idea you know music sculpture painting the the fine arts the capital f fine arts for a very long time traditionally excluded the culinary arts i think we are in an era now where the culinary arts and the distilling arts and the mixology arts are all genuinely and legitimately considered part of the capital f fine arts but let's look to someone who is 
world renowned in one of the dimensions of muse inspired fine arts. Because I will say, do we even have a, a muse for the gastronomy side of life? But from the musical or harmonia side, the harmonia, the muse that required our next uh, collaborator on this talk, somebody from the realm of world renowned fine arts. Take it, Michael. Who we got with us? Oh my God. We have. Oh my good. The host of Coffee Talk with the live from Paso Robles, California. Oh, I love Paso Robles. My closest friends in the whole wide world. And uh, what else can I say about you, Stefan? What else can I oh, say? You're loves you. Oh, wait. I'm going to show you a little trick. You're talking about something nice. I'm going to show you guys. Josh, nice to meet you, Chef Maestro. Nice to meet you, Miss Spices. Nice to meet you, guys. <laughs> Welcome, Mazel, Pulitz. What? What? A, I for Bell Coffee Machine. I don't know if you can bring the camera a little closer to show that the kids are home. This is how we do. You guys who don't know me, I have a show called Coffee Talk Monday, Friday, eight a.m. And I love that. Yeah, Pacific Standard Time. Yeah. And. What we do is we drink coffee and we yenta, and I bring special guests. Either they're rock. Oh, we lost them. What happened? Sorry about that. That's my friend Joe. He, he's Big Mama's Cheesecake. She's trying to call him on the show. Oh, I love cheesecake. So anyway, am I with you guys? Yeah, you're that's great. That's lovely for Val. Every home should have that, especially while you're on lockdown. It's a beautiful thing, the Brevel. If you're familiar with that, okay? And the Brevel. <laughs> what do you do with it? I'm going to grind my coffee over there. Wow. Stephen, what kind of beans are you using? For a real second. And when you do it a good grind at home, you want to and make sure you gain some good, fresh bean coffee in there. Can you guys see that at home over there? I mean, I'm going to Hold on. I can't hear you guys, but my friend Joe just messed me up. But anyway. We're going to lock that in as, as, as can you hear me, Michael? I hear you. We're good. Right. I think I might've treated myself. Everybody. So put that down. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Oh, what kind of bean? Good luck, pants. Hold on. What kind Are we of going too long on this show? Some stuff at the advice. Are we going too long on this show? Beans over here. I'm using honey. Okay. That's what I'm using. We'll put the beans up there. Espresso. It's Honey Company Classic Espresso. Dark chocolate car caramel balance. So we're going we're gonna to get this going. We're going to rock it like so. You want to get the level. Espresso. Now, look at the color. It looks so creamy. Espresso. Now, when you're doing a good... Look at that right there. And what you're going to do, you're going to take a little dab of cinnamon. A little nice... Hmm. That's a nice kick. It's a nice kick to have. Isn't that wonderful? Stop it. Wonderful. Tell Jennifer. Nice kick. Let me sign up. The sound wins for me. I'll sign Could, back in. Can you hear me? So, I was going to sign and back in. You can sign out and sign back in. That's you, all right. We got somebody better. We got Matt Robin on right now. Matt. Matt is from, Jennifer. Matt is from Rogues on the Road on the Food and Beverage Podcast Network. I Matt, love that show. You did? Oh, you do love that show. That's right. Matt, thank you for joining us on our, uh, on our, uh, what's, what is our launching show? Jennifer, what do you call this? We lost the show. It's our pilot. It's our pilot. Our pilot. Now, our pilot. We're live, boo. Yeah, but it's. I love it. I love it. I was watching you guys while I was out hiking with my dog. So it was, uh, it was very entertaining. Look at this. This is awesome. You know, I'm so fascinated. How do we talk about the flavors that we're going to remember this quarantine, Bonnie? Are there some things you find that you keep going back to over and over again saying, boy, this is emerging in the taste test that is quarantine? 
at the thing that's my daily go-to, the thing that's really come into my mouth and my life, my heart has haunted with me in this experience. This is the thing that has really become a part of my routine in my life. And, and, and in this period of quarantine, what's that thing been for each of you guys? Uh, I, wow. I, it's funny when this all started, I actually own, I own a distillery that was open for three days before we had to shut it down. Oh no! There's a, there's a bright side. So we decided to pivot and shift and got on board with making hand sanitizer. Yeah. Like many. Right. And we partnered with a, uh, local business. They needed the high proof ethanol. I needed the rest and we got together and started producing hand sanitizer. Well, in the recipe is a beautiful essential oil mix of lemongrass and green tea. Cool. We started out making gallons of this. And I would say about, I'm, in, I'm about an hour outside of New York City, so it's pretty apocalyptic out here. Uh, but that smell about three weeks ago when it was, you know, we just didn't know which way this was all going to go. I was chatting with my partners. Is this a smell that is going to haunt us or beautiful? Like this is, this has helped us. And so that smell, I can't get out of my, cause I'm working with it every single day. Um, so it's, it's interesting that you bring that up. Stefan, what about you? What's the thing that you maybe didn't stock up on in bulk because you didn't realize it was going to become so important to you? What thing has really emerged for you? Well, that that that's a good question. Well, what what you, the question is? If I heard you correctly. What I did stock up on? Well, you know, what's the food or the flavor or the aroma or the experience that has over the last five or six weeks of quarantine really emerged for you as the thing? that have just gotten you through has pleased you so much has soothed you satisfied you connected you somehow what's soothed what's actually relaxed me is actually doing my live stream believe it or not doing my little crazy show which i turned michael on to do his show it really relaxed me because it's helping me communicate with people out there like and meeting new people um we're all locked up in, in our environment and and now we're at a place i mean i have i have a four-year-old kid right and i'm at an age now 52 i don't want to go i just want to go to the gym i want to stay home i get stuck in my so this is not really affecting me but you can't socialize like you used to right now and it's weird you go to a store yeah everybody's wearing a mask you feel like oh my god somebody walks by you it's it's scary times but do you find it for yourselves? You're connecting now more to people through social networking and, and, and people a little more kinder. That's what I'm, and, and to me, it's more soothing. Well, the, the, the thing that, the thing that we all used to have, which is the heart and soul of the hospitality industry is conviviality. We're really inventively recreating and reestablishing conviviality, that joy of coming together and eating with gusto and pleasure and the sharing of food yeah. and experiences. We're finding new ways to do that. I'm going to show you something. Very fun. You guys like coffee? Love it. What do you got to show us now? More? We're going we're to get wild and crazy. I have this little, you know, martini. So like a little rock and roll. What does he got? Oh, that's so rock and roll. It is very rock and roll. What you, another thing you guys can do. And I, when I was in Italy over the summer, you take your espresso, you can pour it in. I have no volume on them. I'm, what? Yep. You have yep. no volume? No, I, I can hear you. I can hear you, Fox. Okay. I'm going to show you something really quick. You take your espresso, you pour it in the ice, right? Right yep. there? Yep. Okay. And what you're going to do, you could dash a little. I'm on a cooking show, huh? But, uh, oh, how can you see that? You <laughs> mind? <laughs> Oh, it's Michael Collins. I'm telling my wife about it. <laughs> Hi, honey. That's my wife, Amber. Hi, Amber. Hey, Amber. We're in. What's up, Amber? You can add in there either milk or cream or take like a, a liqueur or something, right? And what you're going to do is you're going to... You're going to... 
underneath. Now, when you kick this really hard, the ice, it's amazing. And you can put it on a martini glass, which I don't have. And it looks, the coloring, it looks creamy. And it's, it's refreshing. It's a nice little treat. See, it's a little bubbly foam like that. nice. You could see that. Sorry, if I had a clear glass, it looks a lot better. So it's almost comes out like a cappuccino. If you put a little, uh, I'm doing it low. I'm sorry. You can, you can see how, how like it gets like a frost on. You can't see that. Can you? Kind of frappy. Yeah, look at the little frappy. So, mm, it tastes refreshing. It actually has a natural sweetness to it. So, you know what's good about this drink? With the espresso, the freshening, it gets you wild and crazy in your house while you're by yourself. and get a panic attack. Where have you been in your house by yourself? How long? Where's it going now? <laughs> Stevin, give us a little quick tour food story. Give us a little story, Stab. Bullets, it was a pleasure meeting everybody. Josh, good to see you. Thanks for being with us, man. Yeah, thank you. Nice meeting you. Be safe. Pleasure. I can't believe Josh is bailing out from us. Can you believe this, Jennifer? No, he's got and this is a this is one of the uh, this is like a new version of the old fashioned panel show. We're going to have a lot Matt, Matt, Matt. Yes. Yeah. Jennifer has one of these. Oh. Have you heard of that before? I, I might have. I might have. Jennifer has one of those. Very big. I actually have two. Okay. Do you no, really? There you go. There you go. All right. Hey, Look, Stephen, this is the most important look at this. The new with the this is the latest issue of Food and Beverage magazine. It's spray April. May's coming out. We're we're talking about surviving the industry through this pandemic, right? And what we're gonna do is Jennifer, we're gonna we're gonna get a big list of, of chefs and all of our celebrity friends like Stefan does. That's why we're doing this, right, Steph? And uh Well, we can't hear you now, really. We can't hear Stefan, but I we're gonna wait till he comes back because we get to talk to him some more. I also want to say shout out to my dear friend, Jose Andres, who was on 60 Minutes this past week. Once again, he's completely leading by example, revolutionizing the idea of never leaving someone hungry. You know, we can say no kid hungry, but we are doing everything we can in this time. With millions of our industry brothers and sisters out of work, we have got to make sure that no one's falling through the cracks and that none of our kids are falling through the cracks. We want to make sure that every child that's out there knows that someone loves them and cares about them and will do whatever it takes to get them something so that they don't have to experience the anguish and the physical discomfort and the mental discomfort of being hungry and fearful and having anxiety over all of this. It's tough enough. You don't go to school. You don't see your friends. You can't leave the house. And on top of that, if it's hungry, I'm sorry. We're not doing our job if any kid is hungry in this country, let alone anybody in our business. I don't know about different cities, but in Tucson, Arizona, right now, all of my friends in the restaurant business are doing extraordinary things to make sure that everyone is fed, from the first responders and the hospital staff to the people in the industry. There are chefs and friends who are going around and making sure that anybody who was in the industry that got furloughed, laid off, that have lost their job, They've got a way to, to get fed. Uh, I also want to point out that in Las Vegas, our, our good friend Elizabeth Blau is doing amazing things to feed the industry and the community. In Vancouver, British Columbia, the same thing is taking place. Communities are coming together. That's the great thing about the food world. Everybody in this business, if you're really in this business, they'll give you the shirt off their back. That's what the spirit behind all of this I I would love to piggyback that and and you know when this all started and restaurants were forced to close their doors, it was a very scary time and all of us were nervous for for everyone. But what I didn't expect and what did happen and what continues to happen is many restaurants 
despite being able to just barely make their bills, they are giving out an enormous amount of free food. It is unbelievable what restaurants are doing uh, and, and seeing. And it's, 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 a, it's a beautiful outcome in a very tragic situation uh, because they are giving out free food um, despite being able to pay bills. And that, that's just amazing. And we, and we all come together. And when you see New York strong, Las Vegas strong, you know, it, we're all in this truly together. And everyone has, you know, it's really been beautiful to watch uh, many businesses give back. All right. We lost Jennifer, Matthew. Okay. You bored her. I don't know. Well, she got emotional. She got very Cuomo on us. And then, ow. <laughs> All right, Matt. Thanks for joining us. Why don't you give a shout out to your distillery, your oh, road, yeah. road, all the things you do, and then we'll be out of here and we'll come back probably tomorrow or the next day. Yeah, I'd love to. This is what I'm drinking tonight. So this is a blood orange old fashioned that we make at the Spirits Lab. Uh, it's a three-year-old weeded bourbon and uh, it's a phenomenal recipe. So Hopefully, you'll get a hand on this at some point, Michael. I hope so. And then, of course, Rogues on the Road. Or the, how did they get to Rogues on the Road? We're getting there. We're getting there. How do people listen? How Say that again. How can they listen? Apple? They can listen to us on roguesontheroad.com. Uh, okay. You can go onto our Instagram. Uh, Rogues on If you want to see, see our life as it's unveiling. Uh, and what we're doing. So Rich and I aren't really together. We're doing our social distancing. I know a lot of our fans are want you guys together. Uh, but uh, we plan on doing some uh, call-in podcasts very soon. All right, beautiful. All right, guys, we are out of here. Oh, wait, you got to come back on. Not working. Well, that's been a job the show tonight. You look great. I'm in the show, but you have no sound, Michael. It's like his show. Let me see if I can get this show. Hold on, guys. I'm going to fix this. Hold on. We're done. Closing it out. All right. We'll see you soon. All right. All right. See you soon. All right, buddy. Thanks. We appreciate you coming on. Great. Great seeing you. Good. Good seeing you finally.